Each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. I'm back, Life and Laughter listeners. This is Perry Kinder, the host of the Life and Laughter podcast, and I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Hopefully you're getting something out of these podcasts that add a little bit of joy to your life, a little bit of introspection, or maybe you're just listening to make fun of me. And that's good too, because you're here, so it doesn't really matter. So thank you for whatever your reason you're here. I appreciate you coming back every week and sharing my podcast with others and really spreading my message. So thank you tons and tons. For the last week or so, like everybody else in the world, I've been glued to my phone and my TV screen and my computer watching Ukraine fight back the Russian army as they crossed into their country. We see President Zelensky of Ukraine standing up to Putin saying, we're going to fight. We're not going to give up easily. This is not going to be an easy thing for you to do. And people from Ukraine who live in other parts of the world are going back to their country to fight. And you see European countries and NATO and countries all over the world lending their support. In fact, there are very few countries who haven't stood up and said, this invasion is wrong. And it's been crazy watching an invasion of a European country in real time. It's been decades since that has happened. There's been relative, relative peace. I mean, the world is not necessarily a peaceful place, but there's been relative peace in Europe with the occasional invasion, usually by Russia. They have an issue with boundaries, which is what we're going to talk about today. The people of Ukraine believe they have a right to a free and democratic country since 1996 when they established their constitution. And one thing that resonates as I listen to interviews with, with Ukrainians is their absolute belief that they have, they have the right to live free. They're taking no shit from this Russian dictator. They don't believe he has the right to invade. They don't believe this military action will go well because Putin crossed a boundary that people are willing to defend. It's been amazing to me to watch grandmas making Molotov cocktails with their grandkids, that badass woman handing sunflower seeds to the Russian soldier, telling him to put them in his pocket so flowers will grow where he dies in Ukraine. You see brave men and women sending their families away so they can go back and fight. And you can't predict the outcome, but they deserve an A-plus for their badassery and their belief in their own worthiness. Zelensky has set a clear boundary. You come into my country and will make your life a living hell. You cross this boundary and we're coming for you. And their actions are backed up because they believe themselves worthy to stand up for their country, to stand up for what they believe in, to stand up for the rights they have right now. Other people in history have also stood up for their right. Rosa Parks understood her inherent worth, and she refused to be disrespected. She did not move to the back. All the suffragettes who knew they were smart and capable and they should be given the right to vote, they were arrested and put on asylums and taken from their children because they believed in their innate worthiness. They did not back down. They knew they had every right to vote, just like a man. We have the brain capacity, just like men do. So as you set clear boundaries, it lets you refer back to, remember when we talked about this and I did not agree to be involved? 
When you identify with what you need or want and give yourself permission to have those things, you're setting a boundary. Maybe you need 15 minutes in the morning when no one is bugging you, when it's just you and a yoga mat or a journal or a cup of coffee and just your thoughts. Just a time to buffer between waking up and facing the day. And if someone tries to infringe on that time, you're going to be able to state, this is my time alone. We've talked about this. I'll be available in a few minutes. Go away or mommy will get in the car and drive to Omaha to start a new life. And by the look in your eye, they know you mean it. But feeling worthy to have those boundaries can be really tough. Sometimes we think our worthiness has to be verified or approved or bestowed. But here's the key. You're already worthy. You always have been. You always will be. Sometimes we just need a reminder. And I know affirmations can be super silly and super weird. But if you have worthiness affirmations that you say to yourself all the time, you begin to believe these things are true. And I've got a few here. You can steal them. You can create your own, whatever you want to do. But some of the worthiness affirmations, it could be, I'm worthy of love. I deserve to be treated with respect. I deserve to have my voice heard. I'm allowed to feel whatever I'm feeling. I am worthy to enjoy time alone. I deserve to do what I love. I'm part of something bigger, and my contribution is valuable. I live in gratitude. I can forgive myself. I don't need to be perfect. And those are all worthiness affirmations that you can repeat to remind yourself of your innate worthiness. You're already already good enough. Elizabeth Earnshaw is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she has six types of boundaries that we need to protect as individuals. And the more you feel worthy in your life, the easier it is for you to accept and set and really protect those boundaries. So we're going to talk about these six boundaries and how they can change your life. Because some people, especially women, not only women, but especially women, have a hard time setting boundaries. Our society has taught us to be kind and helpful and quiet. Don't rock the boat. Be compliant. And that makes setting boundaries really tough. If we think we're asking for what we want is not going to get us to respect, we just stay silent. And we say not only silent, but usually furious and miserable. Maybe practicing just one of these boundaries can help you learn your value and invest in your worthiness. So the first boundary that Dr. Earnshaw talks about is physical boundaries, setting physical boundaries with yourself. This includes unwanted touching or infringing on personal space and respecting your body's needs. You know, a boundary example might be you say to yourself, I need to stop and rest. I need to take a nap. My body is tired. Or you can say to another person, you know, I'm not a hugging sort of person, but I can give you a high five. Or you can say to yourself, I need to fuel my body and I need to fuel my brain. I'm going to stop and get something to eat. You might say to that person who has no idea of personal space, can you back up just a bit, please? And if you're in a room with the door closed and someone bursts in, I'm talking to you, kids. You can say, if my door is closed, you are not allowed to just walk in. 
I have a right to privacy. And learning how to set boundaries can be really tough at first. You might feel nauseous even thinking about the idea of setting boundaries because it's been so long since you've ever set a boundary. And so maybe easing into this just a little bit at a time. Maybe you start in the bathroom. Maybe if you are in the bathroom and your kids like to burst in on you, lock the door. Let them know this is my time and maybe you're going to be in there for four hours. They don't know what's going on with you. This is my time to be alone. Enforce that boundary and it gets easier and it gets easier because they begin to respect that boundary. So the second boundary that Dr. Earnshaw talks about is emotional boundaries. And this is understanding the limits of your emotional energy or the sharing of information. Some danger signs that people might be crossing that emotional boundary, they could be criticizing you or your feelings. They could be gaslighting you, making you think you're nuts. They could be asking inappropriate questions. They could be wanting you to share a lot more than you're ready to share. And so some of these boundary examples that you can set up is I don't feel safe sharing my feelings with you. And if you're in a relationship with someone, a romantic relationship or a work relationship, and you'd say this, I don't feel safe sharing my feelings with you, that could also be a red flag that maybe this relationship isn't the healthiest relationship for you. Maybe this job isn't the best job for you. Another boundary could be, I don't have energy for this conversation. Can we take a break and come back to it later? Because you've probably all had that experience when you're in a conversation that turns into an argument and nobody's listening and everybody's frustrated. You can say, let's take a break. Let's take a breath and we'll come back. But right now I need to gather my energy before I can have this conversation anymore. Another emotional boundary could be, I'm not ready to talk about that. And that is totally appropriate. Maybe somebody at work is, work is asking you really personal questions and you, you don't want to talk about it. You don't have to. Another boundary is it's none of your blankety blank business. Fill in the blankety blank with whatever words you'd like. It's none of your business is a boundary. And the more you say it, the more people believe that you actually mean it. So stand firm when you're setting your boundaries. If you set a boundary and then let people cross it over and over and over, it's not a boundary, it's a door. And then we have time boundaries. The third one is time. Uh, people who suck your time, coworkers who have hour-long conversations with you, friends who call you at all hours of the night, families, members who show up for dinner. That should qualify this. Family members you don't like who show up for dinner all the time and overstay their welcome. And neighbors who just overstay, just anybody who overstays their welcome. Those are all time boundary examples of crossing that line. But here are some boundary examples, some fences that you can set up around those people. I can't go to dinner with you. Maybe you know that if you go to dinner, it's going to turn into a four-hour bitch session that you just don't want to be a part of. I'm not available that night. Or you can say, you can't come over at that time. We have things planned. Maybe the things planned are you're sitting on your butt watching Netflix. That's planned. You set your boundary and they cannot second guess you. Maybe a boundary could be our weekends are valuable family time and we don't have time this weekend for your visit. 
and maybe a business time boundary would be, I'd love to help with that project. Here's what my rate is. You know, you get people, if you're doing things for your business and they want you to do it for them for free, and that's fine to a point. It's good to get experience and it's good to help your friends when you can. But sometimes if that happens a lot, if, if, if your friend says to me, says to you, can you build a website? They would never say that to me because I don't build websites. Maybe they say to you, can you build me a website for free? And you're like, oh, in the past, I would love, love to. But now it's my job and I really have to get paid. So in the past, if you've gone ahead and let people move across your boundaries, it might take a time before they believe you. But as you're consistent and honest and not mean, just saying, this is what, this is what it is. I'd love to help you with that website. Here's what I charge. They're going to start to respect that. Uh, the fourth boundary is sexual boundaries. And, and what could go wrong here? What could possibly go wrong with sec- sexual boundaries? And the time to set these boundaries is before you're in a sexual situation. If you're in a relationship, maybe a new relationship, talk about things like birth control. Talk about things like um, inappropriate touching, things that you don't like, things that make you very uncomfortable. And it can be really uncomfortable to talk about these things sometimes, especially when you're first starting a relationship. But it's better to do that than to have them cross a boundary that you've set that could really cause some damage for you. We have people struggling with all kinds of sexual abuse history, and maybe they have boundaries that you're just, you're just not aware of. So creating healthy se- sexual relationships is having your husband respect your birth control wishes. That's a sexual boundary. Or respecting your husband's birth control wishes. We've all heard stories of husbands or wives who tried to trick their spouse into getting pregnant. That cannot possibly end well for anybody in that situation. Inappropriate touching from someone at work or in your family. It's hard when they make you feel guilty, especially if this happens, if this has happened since you were a child. Some boundary examples can be no. I'm not doing that. I'd rather we just talk. And if it's with a relationship that's becoming sexual, let's just talk and maybe cuddle tonight. Creating healthy sexual boundaries can help you feel more empowered in any sexual relationship. And women are notoriously, not necessarily ashamed, but inherently slow to set to speak up when it comes to those situations doing things I'd rather not do being in situations I'd rather not be in and it takes that feeling of worthiness that you are worthy to set these boundaries because once you feel that worthiness setting the boundary is a little bit easier and the more you reinforce it the stronger that boundary gets intellectual boundaries these are things like having disrespect for your intelligence, your ideas, and creativity. I think mansplaining falls into this intellectual boundary category when they say things like, you wouldn't understand it if I tried to explain it to you. I've started calling out mansplaining whenever I see it happening, and it happens a lot. And my husband never believed me that it, it happened, but I've been calling it out more, and he's been noticing it more, and he's like, holy cow. And it's just funny how, and I'm saying men in a general term, because that's what I usually am involved with, that there's a man trying to explain to me something, 
Maybe they just don't think I'm smart enough to understand. I don't know. If someone is saying something racist or sexist or homophobic or degrading, a boundary sets a hard line in that conversation. You can say things like, we don't demean people in our home. Or this conversation is hurtful. I'm not going to participate. What you're saying is wrong. I don't want to listen to this. And you can actually leave when those you know, comments are being made either at work or in your home. You need to put a stop to those quickly so they don't think that you're involved. You know, a pet peeve of mine is when someone belittles a project I'm working on, like saying things like, that's a really cute idea, or how is your little project coming? Or your political platform is just adorable. You might as well just pinch my cheeks and pat me on the head. I might bite you, but it's the same effect. So boundary examples could be, this project means a lot to me, and I don't appreciate your dismissive tone. I would say 95% of the time, people don't mean to be dismissive and disrespectful. They just don't know how to engage in polite conversation. So when you start stopping them and saying, hey, this is how we talk to each other, you're helping them learn a very valuable lesson. You could also say as a boundary example, we don't have to agree, but you need to talk to me kindly. Or I don't want to argue with you. Let's talk about something else. Anytime you get called out, anytime it makes you feel uncomfortable, you can set a boundary there. This conversation is very uncomfortable for me. I don't want to be a part of it. So setting intellectual boundaries that create respect for your intelligence, your ideas, and your creativity will keep you flourishing. The sixth boundary is a material boundary. This is in regards to things like your home, your possessions, your car, money, clothes. This is the person who always borrows from you but never gives back. Whether it's your favorite sweater, $1,000, or your golf clubs, if you can't trust a person to return and respect your material possessions, you don't have to give them anything. You don't have to give them anything. Some examples might be, I'm not loaning people money anymore. Is there another way I can help? Or you can borrow that dress, but I need it back for the weekend. And one of my favorite ones is I don't let anybody else drive my car. My insurance company doesn't allow it. And people might rant and rave and yell and call you selfish and try to turn the blame back on you. But all of that bounces off that beautiful boundary. They cannot burn you down anymore. And when you see people trying to cross your border with those tanks and that artillery and the heavy fire and the soldiers, you are standing strong. You are saying, I have a right to feel safe, to feel respected, because I am worthy. I am strong. I am capable. I am smart. And I have control over this situation. And if you cross that boundary, I'm coming for you. And on that note, thank you for listening. Hopefully you don't have anybody invading your boundaries this week, but if you do, you have some keys now, some tips to help handle those conversations and situations. And it all takes practice. Practice, practice, practice. Thank you for listening again. I'm just amazed that people come back every week and listen, and I'm so grateful, so, so very grateful. If you'd like to support my podcast, you can become a monthly supporter on my Anchor platform. It's super cheap, or you can buy one of my Life and Laughter books. 
You can Venmo me $12 at Perry-Kinder and I will magically send you a book. Thanks so much for listening. Have a beautiful day. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon. Thank you.